Live from London, this is The Breakfast Show with James Clark on Teachers Talk Radio. Good morning. How are you doing? Happy half term if you're on half term. But if you're not on half term, well, don't worry. Good morning anyway. <laughs> Welcome to the Wednesday Morning Breakfast Show with me, James Clark. Very excited to be here today celebrating LGBT plus history month. We're looking at Section 28 and exploring some of the testimonies and experiences of growing up during those times. But don't forget to tune in and talk it out this morning. Live from London. This is The Breakfast Show with James Clark on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live on the Podbean app or desktop player. Just head over to www.podbean.com slash lsw slash TT Radio or search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Yes, that's right. Good morning. It's time for the Wednesday Morning Breakfast Show with me, Jen Clark, and I'm very excited, as always, to be here. And how are you are spending your morning, you are having a great, fabulous, wonderful, gorgeous morning. Or perhaps you're looking across the board, in which case you might actually be ready for bed, you know. Today we're covering section 28 of our Don't forget, you can get involved with the show today. You can get involved directly in the live app chat. Or, you can get involved with Twitter. Simply follow us at TT Radio. Enough of that. It does always abruptly end that one. I do have to remember that that does always end very quick, that song. But anyway, uh, good morning. Uh, well, how are we all? Hope we are well. Uh, who's on half term? Um, I don't know if anybody else is on half term. I have started. I know that actually, I didn't realise, but certain places in the UK actually have half term at different times. So some of you might not be on half term yet, in which case, um, I hope you're okay. I hope you're getting there. You're nearly there. Some of you are, which I am indeed, which is why it's always very odd. Uh, when I'm on a half term or holiday, because I'm kind of sat at home doing the show. Normally, I'm up at, you know, 5.30, 5 o'clock, getting into uh, school as early as I possibly can so I can set up and get ready. Um, this morning was a little bit nice being able to roll out of bed at, well, I say roll out of bed at half six. I should have been out of bed at half six. I didn't get out of bed till like quarter to seven. Um, but there we go. We made it in the end. Uh, thank you for joining me. If you are joining me live, uh, if not, and you are listening to this back on one of the many options, such as uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, um, thank you very much for listening. And um, don't forget, you can, of course, catch all of the amazing uh, TT Radio, Teacher Talk Radio shows that happen across the week and today by going on to places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
or go onto our website, ttradio.org, and you'll find everything you possibly need in life there too as well. Um, but how are we this morning? Let me know. I want to know what's going on. I want to know your thoughts, your feelings, um, but also a big hello uh, very shortly to a wonderful guest. Now, this person was meant to uh, have joined last week, but the tech gremlins were at play. I don't know what happened. Um, I, well, I do know what happened. I think I made a mistake. I think I pressed something. It did something on my laptop, which basically then meant the whole show just kind of wouldn't save and went a little bit crazy um, and unfortunately meant we couldn't do anything. Um, but now I think I fixed the problem. I say this very optimistically, but I think I've fixed the problem and uh, we're on a completely different settings today. So I should be hopefully be joined by my wonderful guest who will be able to tune in. Um, and that is Professor Catherine Lee um, at Dr. Catherine Lee, who is a professor of inclusive education and a deputy dean at Angela Ruskin University, which is pretty, pretty awesome. Um, yes, I'm here. Ah, oh, lovely. Uh, thank you. So, you know, hopefully it will all work. But we are talking about Section 28 today. We've talked about this a lot this month, actually. Um, and I kind of made a conscious effort to talk about it um, quite a bit because it was actually something that only really I started to understand. Um, and this sounds really... I guess it does sound a little bit naive, but it, I only really started to, to understand or get what Section 28 was, literally probably only about three three years ago. Yeah, maybe about three, four years ago. Um, and it was on, of all the places, it was watching RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Um, and it got, it got mentioned on there. And then from that moment, I was kind of like, actually, what? This this was a thing? This... I. But I kind of needed to know more about it and I kind of wanted to explore more about it. And I think, you know, this it's a twofold subject in the sense that there'll be some people um, who will say, actually, you know, we've moved on. We don't need to reflect. We kind of just need to get over it and move on. Um, and there'll be some that say, actually, it's really important to kind of know the history and, and talk about things. Um, I'm definitely one of those people. I think that's why we have history and that's why we look back at history because we well we don't want to repeat it in lots of ways but also it's important to understand what people went through and how times have changed and how lucky i am to be in the position that i'm in as a as an openly gay teacher um i sit you know my desk at school has a big pride flag on it in front of it and during my role as kind of in charge of uh pshe personal social health education um or some people might call it uh relationship sex education you know, during those times I'm really lucky that you know we talk openly about kind of different families and sexuality and, and what that means and different ways that people might define themselves in terms of their gender and I just think wow you know if I couldn't have had those conversations I think I would be a very different place mentally as a, a teacher as possible and I think my mental health would really be difficult and suffer from that because actually for me, being able to be open and, and be who I am, and that's not to say that I run down the hallways throwing glitter down the hallways when I'm riding my unicorn, um, only sometimes. Uh, however, you know, for me to be able to be that is so important. And I was talking to my housemate um, who grew up during uh, Section 28, and he kind of lived through that process and, and all of those kind of things and growing up during the 80s and, and everything and 70s. But, you know, 
I said, oh, well, how was it for you? And he said, well, I didn't really know any different. We didn't really know that there was any difference. We didn't really think it was a problem. And that itself, I thought, was unique and, and interesting to explore because actually, you know, if you grow up during a time where that's what you're used to and you just kind of move on and get over it, then actually, do you think there's something wrong or not? Who knows? Um, so we're going to pack a little bit more of this uh, today, talking more about Section 28, sharing some testimonies that I found and also talking to my wonderful guests uh, later on today's show as well, which will be fantastic. Um, but don't forget that you can give in your views and opinions as we go through the show via live on the Podbeam Live app. Or, of course, don't forget, you can get involved on Twitter as well. Have a look on Twitter, see if you can find the post or find us at TT Radio 2022. Or indeed, you can share the live show or you can find directly the post with me uh, at Jamclar, J-A-M-C-L-A-R 96. I'm going to play for you our news and a short word from our sponsors this morning before we start delving a little bit more into this topic of Section 28 and what it was like and what it is, because there may be people listening to this show who don't even quite understand or know, as I didn't a few years ago, what Section 28 was, or perhaps are, are listening not from the UK and not quite understanding what I'm meaning by these terms, but we're going to unpack this more very shortly after the news. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.withaslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Introducing Uplearn. Uplearn is an online curriculum learning resource for A-levels that improves student outcomes whilst reducing teacher workloads. Teachers use Uplearn to facilitate independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. Over 150 schools have seen grade improvements with Uplearn, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School and Arc Schools. Book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off. That's Uplearn. U-P-L-E-A-R-N dot co dot U-K. Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, 
and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. The NAS UWT Union has reported that pressure on teachers across Wales is increasing as the exam season approaches. Neil Butler from the union said, I see and speak to teachers most days and they report to me that they are absolutely exhausted. On top of this, the Welsh Government has said we're launching into an entirely new curriculum in September. It's been very difficult to be able to concentrate on those needs when basically holding the whole ship together has been the priority. There's a lot of work being done on the mental health and well-being of the learners, but precious little on teachers and support staff. And I think the response will be that a lot of teachers will just get out. The Education Minister, Jeremy Miles, explained that teachers have been asked to do more than during normal times and said, we've set ourselves the goal of trying to give a couple of weeks notice of changes when that's been possible. But there have been times when that just wasn't possible. I do recognise how challenging this is. In England, Ofqual has stated that grade boundaries were likely to be lowered to account for the loss of learning. An East Midlands education body has, however, indicated that this may not be the most effective way to mitigate the impact of the pandemic. Nick Rain, Senior Regional Officer at the National Education Union East Midlands, said, My interpretation was somewhat different. What they're going to do is they're giving people more vindication of what may or may not be on the examinations because students have missed so much. Some of the reports in newspapers are actually inaccurate. I mean, I don't think anyone reasonable is going to suggest when students have missed weeks and weeks and weeks in cases of learning with a teacher that they're going to be able to sit exactly the same examination as people in previous years who didn't. Obviously, it just doesn't make any common sense, so that's the reality of the situation. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, for some it's half time, for others there's another week to wait. Today I'm going to talk about a YouTube hack. We all know there are some great explanation videos out there, but sometimes we just want to use a short clip, not the whole thing. Did you know you can save a link to start at a time that you specify? If you didn't, here's the simplest way to do it. Go to the YouTube video you want and pause where you want to start. Hover the pointer over the red line that shows where you're up to in the video and a red circle will appear. Right click on the red circle and a menu pops up. 
On the menu, select Copy Video URL at Current Time. Now you have a link that will take you to that time in the video. Okay, now we can start a video at any time we want. There is a way to use this to our advantage. I don't know about you, but the ads at the start of some clips can be rather annoying. If you start your video one second in, using the method just described, more often than not, you'll avoid having to sit through the adverts. Please remember to keep yourself safe. Anyone can upload anything to sites like YouTube. Please make sure you have watched the whole clip yourself before playing it in the classroom. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Good morning, and welcome back to your Wednesday morning breakfast show with me, James Clark. As always, super excited to be here. It's my favourite word, stay excited. But thank you very much for joining me. And don't forget, you can join the conversation live with me and you already have by now. This morning we are talking about section 28. What is it? What was it all about? And sharing stories of those who lived through that time. Don't forget, we've got shows happening throughout the day on Teacher Talk Radio. So do make sure you stay tuned to those. And if you would like to be a host, well, you absolutely can do. Um, all you do is go onto our website, ttradio.org, to find out more. Or why not uh, contact us on Twitter, where we can get back to you as well. And uh, why not join us? There's some lovely people as part of Teacher Talk Radio. So uh, why not join us with those? Um, but today we are talking about Section 28. And the reason we're talking about that is because is it is, in the UK, LGBTQ plus uh, history month. So recognising and looking back and celebrating all the uh, amazing things achieved by those um, in the LGBTQ plus, sorry, uh, community. But also it is a time to reflect. And one of the things we're reflecting on today, and I have been this month, is something called Section 28. Now, if you don't know what it is, I'm going to read to you a little bit of a paragraph that explains exactly what it was to give you a bit more context. So Section 28 of the Local Government Act 1988 was a controversial amendment in the UK to Local Government Act 1986, enacted on the 24th of May 1988. And then it repelled, it was changed on the 21st of June 2000 in Scotland and on 18th of November 2003 in the rest of the UK by Section 122 of the Local Government Act 2003. So those of you who like your um, stats or like your uh, government acts, there you go, a few for you there. The amendment stated, that's what it actually said, the amendment stated that a local authority, so that's a local council, um, a local sort of borough, anything like that, a local town, sort of anything with a council almost, the amendment stated that a local authority shall not intentionally promote homosexuality or publish material 
with the intention of promoting homosexuality or promote the teaching in any maintained school of the acceptability of homosexuality as a pretended family relationship. Wow. So let's just say that one more time. The amendment stated that a local authority shall not intentionally promote homosexuality or publish material with the intention of promoting homosexuality or promote the teaching in any maintained school of the acceptability of homosexuality as a pretended family relationships. This is just, it's, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. Um, and then it kind of goes on this, this article a little bit more. Um, it did not create a criminal offence and no prosecutions were ever brought under this provision, but its existence caused many groups to close or limit their activities or self-censor. For example, a number of lesbian, gay, transgender and bisexual student support groups in schools and colleges across Britain were closed due to fears by council's legal staff that they could breach the act. While going through the Parliament, the amendment was constantly rebelled with a variety of clause numbers as the amendments were added or deleted from the bill. Yet it still happened. So, you know, some people will argue, well, actually nothing happened under Section 28. You know, lots of people weren't imprisoned or, or anything like that. But that's not, not the point we're kind of having the conversation about. It's the fact that actually it made a lot of people go into hiding. Um, it's, the, it's the best way that I can kind of think of describe it. There's a lot of people that suddenly were like, actually, you know, fear of being prosecuted, um, fear of going through, you know, councils or being fined or even the potential of being put into prison at that time. And actually, although it didn't happen, it put a lot of support groups out of place. Um, I'm going to share with you some, some statistics shortly, uh, which I think are quite upsetting uh, or quite harrowing in my mind that kind of look at, what are the stats of young people in schools when it comes to LGBT plus and their sort of mental health? And, you know, just imagine that these stats wouldn't have changed, you know, massively over the years. You know, people would still have been suffering quite considerably with their mental health on top of going through adolescence and puberty and all of those sort of things. But now we have to remember that actually now we're in a position where we can offer support, where we talk openly about it. You know, imagine these statistics, but also knowing that nothing can be done. You know, nothing could be, those support groups could be put in place. Um, and those who were LGBT plus would have had to have suffered in silence. Um, it's, it's the best way that I can think of, of, of putting it. Um, or accepted that it was normal. You know, accepted that actually it wasn't something to be talking about. Um, great comment there from um, at, last, at Lesson Copy, uh, Nathan, who's put in the chat. The wording is horrific. And I absolutely agree. I just can't believe... And this is why when I said, when I heard about this um, a few years ago, I was like, oh my goodness, that can't have been a real thing. As if they would have done that, as if that would have happened. And it did. And you're like, wow. You know, that was put in a legal government document. A legal document that people agreed and signed and everything else that went in there. What is wrong? Um, there's some stats I'm just going to throw at you as well. Uh, these are taken throughout the last sort of few years, so they do vary and change, and obviously they do change by locality. But just to give you a little bit of uh, kind of stats that I've got here, um, 
just two in five LGBT young people, so that's 40%, have an adult at home that they could talk to about being LGBT+. And nearly all LGBT young people, that's 96%, say the internet has helped them understand more about their sexual orientation and their sexual, uh, sorry, and their gender identity. Uh, two in five LGBT young people, 40%, had been the target, target of homophobic, biphobic and transphobic abuse. Um, online in the last 10 years when Stonewall conducted these surveys with, you know, thousands of secondary school children, um, lesbian, gay and bi pupils are less likely to experience homophobic and biphobic bullying at school. You know, in 2015, 2017, sorry, 45% experienced it, 55% the year before and 65% back in 2007. So we are absolutely moving in the right way by opening up and talking more about sexuality, but we are still looking at 45% um, of LGBT pupils being bullied uh, for being lesbian, gay or bi or trans in Britain's secondary schools. Um, schools are much more likely to say that homophobic bullying is wrong in the last few years, and that's about 68%. But again, that's only 68% when this survey was taken a few years ago, a couple of years ago. Um, that actually agreed that homophobic bullying was wrong. How? How? 20, what's that? No, 70, 80, 90, good job, I'm not a math teacher. 30%. How are 30% of the schools in the UK saying that homophobic bullying is not wrong or not acknowledging it? So absolutely, we should be celebrating that progress has been made um, and that we're talking about things a lot more openly. And, you know, um, Section 28 is perhaps more a thing of a past. But is it? I don't know, because that's still... An extraordinary amount of schools are saying that there's nothing wrong with homophobic building. Um, pupils are more likely to talk about LGBT plus issues, and that's partly thanks to changes in the sex relationship and education uh, being made mandatory in the UK. So actually talking about sexuality is really important and has to be um, kind of talked about more openly than it had previously, which again, you know, massive change when we look at the education system. Um, and I'm going to look at some more to do here with sort of well-being and everything else. So more than two in five trans young people, 45% had attempted to take their own life. For lesbian and gay and bi young people who aren't trans, one in five, 22% had attempted to take that life, which is 22% uh, too many in my eyes. And a shocking amount of those who are uh, transgender, so those who... Um, Sexual, those whose gender doesn't identify with what they were born at birth with. And I, I bring up the, the stats and we kind of look at them and although they are, they are harrowing, they are really upset to look at, you know, they're really important to look at when we're looking at the context of Section 28 and what was happening during that time. Because, you know, going through this time period, you would have had young people who feel the exact same way, but they wouldn't have been able to have even... Well, it wouldn't have even been able to kind of openly say, oh, this is how I feel, because nobody would be listening, essentially, in the fear that they were going to get prosecuted or put to jail or fined. I mean, my goodness, they would have had a field day in my room with my pride flag up and everything we talk about and all those kind of stuff. And that's not to say um, I'm promoting, uh, as some people might call, the gay agenda. That's not abs that's absolutely what I'm not doing. And... When I was going through articles, again, looking at some of the reasons why Section 28 existed, so why this amendment, you know, made it illegal almost to promote the homosexual lifestyle, as it says. Um, and they were worried it was going to, you know, change people or make people gay. And I just think, my goodness, um, you know, I was taught 
about the Romans at school and the ancient Greeks, that doesn't mean I suddenly turn into becoming a Roman. I'm not suddenly becoming an ancient Greek just because I was taught it at school. You know, in the same way, talking about sexuality is not going to suddenly change someone's sexuality or identity. Um, that's not how it happened. And if there is anybody at school who was uh, taught about Romans and has now become a Roman themselves, I would absolutely love to know that. Love to hear that story. <laughs> Let me know if that's happened to you, in which case I will take it all back. But I'm fairly sure um, no, that has not happened to anybody, at least nobody that I know. And I'm going to share a testimony, and, and this was a little put the point today's show, and I will be joined later in today's show by my fabulous guest, who will no doubt have some insightful and wonderful things to say, so you definitely want to stick around for that. Um, but there's a, a story I'm going to share by someone called uh, Paul Fairweather. Uh, in the days before social media, the Mancunian Paul Fairweather had to spread the word about a protest against Section 28. On 20th February 1988, the march took place through Manchester city centre. It was one of the largest LGBT demonstrations ever held in the UK. Now, the reason I'm sharing this one is just because I think the, the first part of this story is just, again, shocking to think this is how somebody had to go about. Um, you know, not that long ago, you know, 1988. So we're going quick maths here, you know, uh, 98, 2008. 18, only what, about 35, 40 years ago? I might be roughly wrong, give or take. Um, this is the story. At the time that Section 28 was being discussed in Parliament, I was one of Manchester City Council gay men's officers working on issues such as employment, service delivery and developing community groups. I had also helped to set up the North West Campaign for Lesbian and Gay Equality, the group responsible for orchestrating the Manchester demonstration. We had a secret office in the town hall attic where more than 100 people would meet every week. We were in the local government office, organising a demonstration against government to try to stop legislation being presented. What we were doing was completely illegal. No one in the group had organised such a large event before, but a core group had been very active in the gay movement since the early 1970s. The gay scene was quite small and I knew the owners of the local venues well. We went to the gay bars and clubs such as New Union, Rabandon, the Thompson Arms and the Neapolitan, where the owners agreed to stop the music so we could speak about the march and Section 28. We'd make a night of it. When we stopped the music, there was some grumbling from people. Once they'd heard us speak, more were positive. And I just love this story because it's incredible to think that you had somebody here who was working council that was, you know, a gay man's officer, and they were having to hold a secret meeting in a town hall in the attic of a town hall, um, which I just, you just think, this is, when I think of that, I think of, um, what's he called? Um, oh, the name slipped my mind. Um, Gunpowder, treason, plot. Oh, it helped me out, somebody. What's it called? Um, it will come to me in a minute. Someone, someone will hopefully get it for me. But yeah, I just think about that. And Guy Fawkes. There we go. That's who I'm on about. Guy Fawkes. I think of Guy Fawkes and thinking actually the story we hear of that. And, you know, how he had to have secret meetings and how this all happened and da 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 da. And I'm thinking, my goodness, you know, 30 odd years ago, 30 years ago, we were having the same thing, but, in, but about LGBT plus equality, um, which 
yeah, it's just, it's just, it's really interesting. And I mean, there are some lovely stories and some horrific stories um, that talk about how they felt silenced or had to be quiet. And there's an article here, you know, LGBT teachers who were taught under Section 28 are still scarred by law's legacy, a report found. And teachers who are not allowed to teach about homosexuality in schools or tell children their own sexuality still feel held back. Um, teachers talk about the fact that actually they still feel that they're unable to talk about it or wasn't talk about it. And that's even though we are 30, 40 years on. And, and I saw this and I started thinking, well, actually, you know, that kind of makes sense because let's say you had somebody who was you into their teaching and kind of going through that process. And it kept going until 2003, roughly, in the UK. So you would have had people that are now, what, in their 40s or, or their 50s who are perhaps quite senior in schools, um, you know, head teachers, deputy head teachers, assistant heads, heads of department, people in their 50s, you know, 40s, who grew up through that process. And it wasn't some, a sudden change overnight, although some schools would have started implementing support and implementing uh, help and all those kind of things, you know, wouldn't have suddenly changed overnight. This would have been a process. So even though it got abolished in 2000 in Scotland and 2003 in the rest of the UK, um, it would have taken a bit of time. So you've now got people in real senior positions who actually still think that maybe some of them think Section 28 should have still existed. Um, or perhaps think that they agree with it, um, or perhaps think that actually, yeah, okay, I, I, I don't agree with it, but I'm still scared about talking about it. So it makes complete sense that those shocking statistics that I read earlier, I'm trying to find if I've still got it on my page. Um, I think here it was, yeah. Uh, oh, where was it? The one we were talking about, it goes, uh, that only about 45% or 60% or oh no, 68%, there we go, 68% of schools um, thought that homophobic bullying was wrong. And although that sounds quite ridiculous and quite, um, what's the word, shocking, perhaps, to think that there are still schools that don't think homophobic, biphobic or transphobic uh, bullying is wrong, when you actually put it in the context that these are potentially school leaders or schools made up of teachers who were taught during Section Ed 28 or had to teach during Section 28, it, it makes sense. Um, teachers who were not allowed to teach about homosexuality in school or tell children their own sexuality still feel held back from being able to invite their partner to school events, apply for senior roles at work, and in many cases live in the same catchment area as their school pupils, research has shown. The report, 15 years on, the legacy of Section 28 for LGBT plus teachers in English school, published in the journal Sex Education, compared to teachers who are taught in Section 28 was still in place and those who trained once the legislation was repealed in 2003. Section 28, a clause of the Local Government Act, banned schools and councils in England and Wales from promoting sexuality from 1986 to 2003. Only 20% of teachers who taught under Section 28 said they are out to their colleagues, while 88% of those who trained after the law was repelled openly disclosed their sexuality or gender identity at work. While 40% sorry, of those who trained before 2003 saw their LGBTQ plus identity as incompatible with their teaching role, only 13% of those who trained after the law 
change think this is the case? Um, hello from uh, F1 uh, Gris Talk as well from, from New Zealand for joining us. We're just talking about um, Section 28, a clause which banned uh, kind of openly talking about um, sexuality in schools between the years of the 1980s, mid 1980s, 85, 86, uh, all the way through to 2003. And that's really interesting that we are seeing that crossover. We are seeing that actually there is a real big impact from those who were taught, you know, or were teaching uh, or trained for their teachers during Section 28 and those who taught afterwards. So there's a real still longevity of that impact that has been made. And some personal uh, compromises or, or thoughts is, is what we're sharing today and some personal experiences is what we're sharing. And we'll hear that a little bit more later on today, uh, around about eight o'clock and around about 10, 15 minutes time um, from a guest speaker that, that's coming onto the show. Um, but here are some personal experiences. You know, sometimes when I'm teaching, I find myself stopping mid-sentence to check what I'm planning to say isn't going to out me to the kids. I must appear very strange to them sometimes, one teacher told a research. Another said, um, some parents think gay teachers shouldn't be in the classroom and I'm worried about what might get back to them all the time. It's easier to keep myself in the classroom and the staff room. Other teachers who are affected by the legal restrictions are said to have more private identities and live outdoor, outside of their school's catchment area to live their lives. Uh, Catherine Lee, who is going to be joining us very shortly, Dr. Catherine Lee of Angela Ruskin University, a former teacher and author of the study, uh, first noticed that teachers who trained and worked under Section 28 seemed to struggle more with their identity during a programme uh, which she ran called Courageous Leaders. During the programme, which encourages LGBTQ plus people to apply for more senior positions in schools and support them through their career development, the academic noticed teachers who careers started under the legislation tended to keep their LGBTQ plus identity separate. She said there's been a significant progress in England in protecting LGBT plus teachers in the workplace since the repeal of Section 28. However, it is clear that a lot of teachers remain scared by their, ex scarred by their experiences sorry, during this period. Whilst the legislation was not the only difficult aspect of being LGBT plus individual, in the 1980s and 1990s, it helped leave a legacy of caution, self-censorship and complex identity management that harmfully lingers some 15 years after repel. That's when this uh, survey was done. And I think that is why we're talking about this. I think that's why it's so important, because we know it still has an impact. We know that there are many people out there who won't feel comfortable talking about their sexuality in school. Now, I also would, would completely understand the argument that lots of people would make, you know, Section 28 to one side and, and all of those kind of things, and they'll go, well, actually, no, I wouldn't ever talk about my identity or sexual orientation, whether it's gay, heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, all of those, whatever it might be. There'll be lots that go, actually, well, no, school's workplace, um, I wouldn't talk about my sexuality, I wouldn't talk about my private life, as people might disclose. And I think that's okay. I think there's absolutely um, a point to be made there, that you know you, you believe that's your private life, you want to keep that separate. And I think that's, there's no problem with that, as long as 
you're doing that for that reason and not doing it because you feel you can't or you feel that you're going to be judged or you feel you're going to be uh, treated differently. Um, all of those things. And there's a real interesting point here, which we'll explore. You know, if we don't talk about the different people within our community, they're not talking about sex, they're talking about lives and the sorts of environments that some children go home to every night. We all need to see ourselves reflected back at us, which is a fantastic kind of quote and argument as to why it's so important that we now have this more um, open culture, can we call it? I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's not perfect, don't get me wrong, but we do have a more kind of open culture to talk about these things more exclusively, to talk about um, identity and, and what sexuality is, particularly as we know there'll be lots of students in schools uh, whose parents might be part of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, in the same way that we talk about, you know, different makeups of families, so you know, step parents, adopted, fostered, you know, all of those things. You know, we have young people who are coming from these backgrounds with same-sex parents um, and that's really important that they feel that that's okay and that they don't feel that it is a, to put it bluntly, don't feel like it's a, being a second-class citizen, you know, to, to be different, to have parents who um, fit under this, this idea of, of, you know, their parents being gay or, or lesbian or anything like that, you know, it's really important we do talk about it, but having those conversations can be difficult, and we'll explore how we have those conversations um, at a later date. For now, though, we're going to just take a short moment at this point just to take a, another short little break. Um, I'm going to play the news for you and the word from our sponsors, but don't forget that you can get in touch. Uh, you can share your thoughts, views, opinions, ideas, all of those things uh, with us here on Teach Talk Radio, and you can do that very simply by sharing your conversation with us on the Podbean Live app chat, which there have already been a few people chatting today, so great to have that. Um, and you can also get involved on Twitter at TT Radio. 2022 um, or hashtag TT Radio or directly message me if you wish uh, at Jamclar, J-A-M-C-L-A-R 96. And let's carry on the conversation. But before all that, here is your news update for today. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Introducing Upland. Uplearn is an online curriculum learning resource for A-Levels that improves student outcomes whilst reducing teacher workloads. Teachers use Uplearn to facilitate independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. Over 150 schools have seen grade improvements with Uplearn, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School and Arc Schools. Book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off. That's Uplearn, U-P-L-E-A-R-N 
www.nearpod.co.uk. Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are Witherslack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.witherslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. The NAS UWT Union has reported that pressure on teachers across Wales is increasing as the exam season approaches. Neil Butler from the Union said, I see and speak to teachers most days, and they report to me that they are absolutely exhausted. On top of this, the Welsh Government has said we are launching into an entirely new curriculum in September. It's been very difficult to be able to concentrate on those needs when basically holding the whole ship together has been the priority. There's a lot of work being done on the mental health and well-being of the learners, but precious little on teachers and support staff. And I think the response will be that a lot of teachers will just get out. The Education Minister, Jeremy Miles, explained that teachers have been asked to do more than during normal times and said, We've set ourselves the goal of trying to give a couple of weeks' notice of changes when that's been possible. But there have been times when that just wasn't possible. I do recognise how challenging this is. In England, Ofqual has stated that grade boundaries were likely to be lowered to account for the loss of learning. An East Midlands education body has, however, indicated that this may not be the most effective way to mitigate the impact of the pandemic. Nick Rain, Senior Regional Officer at the National Education Union East Midlands, said, My interpretation was somewhat different. What they're going to do is they're giving people more vindication of what may or may not be on the examinations because students have missed so much. Some of the reports in newspapers are actually inaccurate. I mean, I don't think anyone reasonable is going to suggest 
when students have missed weeks and weeks and weeks in cases of learning with a teacher, that they're going to be able to sit exactly the same examination as people in previous years who didn't. Obviously, it just doesn't make any common sense, so that's the reality of the situation. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, for some it's half time, for others there's another week to wait. Today I'm going to talk about a YouTube hack. We all know there are some great explanation videos out there, but sometimes we just want to use a short clip, not the whole thing. Did you know you can save a link to start at a time that you specify? If you didn't, here's the simplest way to do it. Go to the YouTube video you want and pause where you want to start. Hover the pointer over the red line that shows where you're up to in the video and a red circle will appear. Right click on the red circle and a menu pops up. On the menu, select copy video URL at current time. Now you have a link that will take you to that time in the video. Okay, now we can start a video at any time we want. There is a way to use this to our advantage. I don't know about you, but the ads at the start of some clips can be rather annoying. If you start your video one second in, using the method just described, more often than not, you'll avoid having to sit through the adverts. Please remember to keep yourself safe. Anyone can upload anything to sites like YouTube. Please make sure you have watched the whole clip yourself before playing it in the classroom. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to the Wednesday Morning Breakfast Show on Teachers Talk Radio with me, very excited that shortly I'm going to hopefully, if this works, be joined by Professor Catherine Lee, Professor of Inclusive Education and Deputy at the University. I believe they might also be trying to call in, so let's hope that this works and I've done the right thing this time. And the wi fi talking all about section 28, a law which banned the kind of conversations or promotion of homosexuality within places such as schools during the years of 1988 roughly through to 2003 in England. But what do you think about it all? And hello from Sweden. Thank you very much for uh, joining us and getting involved. I'm hoping now, if I've done the right thing and all is going well, can you hear me, Catherine? Yes, I can, James. Morning. <laughs> good morning, good morning. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I hope you are too. Yeah, not too bad. I mean, I'm on half term, so it's all good. But oh, you, I'm guessing wow. you don't have it or? <laughs> no, no. 
<laughs> said so after, definitely that's it <laughs> yeah after years in teaching my body still expects half term but it, mm. it's so it's really really extra tiring in those weeks when uh, when schools are off and I'm still working <sighs> but I don't know do you get longer at the end of term or is it just kind of keep going do you know I think that the trade-off is I get to take holiday during term time. So oh. um, I, I get all those last minute bargains and I get the chance to go on holiday that I, ne- I never had when I was teaching. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. Um, if perhaps you could kind of start by saying a little bit about you, kind of your, your role and kind of your route into kind of teaching and, and what you do now. Sure, absolutely. So I started teaching um, in the late 80s. Um, I was a PE teacher. Um, I'm from South Yorkshire um, originally, and I went to do my degree in teacher training in Liverpool at uh, what was IM, IM Marsh PE College for Women. Um, I taught in Liverpool in an inner city secondary school for six years. Um, I met my partner and moved to rural Suffolk. So the contrast between between the two um, sorts of schools and uh, the other two areas was really, really striking. I was in culture shock when I moved to Suffolk for a long, long time. Um, but once down in Suffolk, I moved out of PE and into um, Senko roles, essentially, and then into um, a sort of pastoral, looked after children. I was the safeguarding lead. I did a, I did a stint with uh, Suffolk County Council as their safeguarding and education lead. Um, but all the I, I started to... I'm, I missed, I missed, I suppose I missed, I missed learning, learning and, and I, I decided I was going to do a master's degree, degree um, mm. well into well my 40s, into my 40s. Um, and, and funnily enough in my master's, master's degree I started to reflect on what it had been like to be, to be gay and to be mm. a teacher and to hide basically a, a massive part of myself all the way through my professional career. And, um, and um, I, I, found I found something, something in my master's, master's degree called autoethnography, which is great, which is research, research where, you, where can you can reflect on your own, own experiences. Experience. You don't interview, you don't interview other, people. other people. And so, and so that worked. That works. You know, that gave that me this opportunity to really look back on the 20 odd years and think, what was it like? Passed my master's, started to do a bit of part time teaching for Anglia Ruskin University, and they. An opportunity, an opportunity came up for me to work full time with them as the, as the MA, education MA education course leader and, and secondary mm. initial teacher training, training course lead. And, and I, that was in that 2010, 2010 and I've been there ever since. since. Never looked back. Never looked back. Absolutely. <laughs> um, amazing. And I mean, as it's kind of Wednesday morning, before we get to the meat of it, very important question. Uh, dream breakfast, what would it be? Oh, you know, I'm I'm trying to eat fewer carbs at the moment. So my dream <laughs> breakfast would be doorstop toast, I think. Oh, smothered, yes. Smothered, smothered with, with marmalade or jam, jam or something, or something sweet. sweet. I like that. Good choice. Good choice. Um, section 28 is what we're kind of looking at this morning. So in your kind of mind, in your own words, what does that word or what does it mean to you? Um, I remember, I, I remember coming home from school in Liverpool, 
sitting on the sofa and watching six o'clock news and hearing um i think it was sue lawley and nicholas witchell or the scuffles in the in the bbc studio and mm. as they uh, sat on sat two on lesbian, lesbian protesters who were shouting, stop Section 28. Mm. And I and remember feeling just terrified. terrified. So, so I, I mean, for I mean, me, it for was, me, it was, it was a it wicked, was a piece, wicked of piece of homophobia. homophobia. It, created it created a climate, a climate of, of, that was really, scary, was really scary for all of us that were LGBT, LGBT teachers. teachers. And, I, and, and it still, and it still has, has a legacy, a legacy today, today, as far as, as, far as you, know, you know, it has left a whole generation, generation of staff, staff who, who, you know, many of many whom are not out in school, many of who are cautious, cautious or, or who left, left teaching, teaching altogether, altogether, a little bit like, like I did. I did. Um, um, and a whole, a whole generation, generation of young, of young people, people who are now adults, adults who had absolutely, absolutely zero, zero support, support when, when they were at, at the most, most probably most, probably most tricky, tricky part time, time for them in their, their adolescence. adolescence. So, so I, I think it's, it's I think it's despicable, and I wish I wish, you, I wish I more wish people more knew about, about it. it. Yeah, no, and I could, I got to, like listening to you, you, you speak there. I, I can't. You know, I was saying at the start of the show, for me, it was very, you know, recent kind of discovery in the last sort of five years, I guess, almost kind yeah. of really understanding it and knowing it and going, what? This existed? And so kind of hearing you and, and having to live through that, I can only, gosh, I can't even imagine really kind of how you must have felt and how kind of going into the work the next day or going into teaching the next day must have felt for you. Because that must have been really difficult. It, it absolutely, it, it absolutely was. It was terrifying. Every time you, you know, I was out with my girlfriend and I bumped into a student and their parents from school. I thought, oh my God, they're going to report me. What's going to happen? Um, I, I was always really, really, just really frightened. And, and every, every time I spoke to people, I was checking myself. So I was thinking... You know, is the, is the, you, we know how it works in the staff room. How was your weekend? What are you doing this weekend? Um, and I couldn't talk about any of that. I couldn't talk about who I shared my home with. I couldn't talk about anything. So, so there was a completely two different sides. I compartmentalised Catherine Lee, the teacher, and and Catherine Lee, the um, person with a private life, and it was. I had to I make, had to sure, make sure, sure and expend lots of energy making sure that those, those two things, things never collided. collided. And, also, and also, you know, you know when, you when you hear the then, then Prime Minister, Minister on the news saying, saying teachers, teachers are, are teaching, teaching children, children they have they an have alien right to be gay, gay. You, you, and, and, and people, people think, think that that's, that that's, you know, that's a popular, popular view. view. Then you kind of you kind of feel you internalize some of that that yourself. You feel ashamed. I felt I felt ashamed. No, absolutely. I mean, but as you say, there would still be people out there now who might still agree that Section Twenty Eight should exist and schools shouldn't talk about sexuality. I mean, we've seen a lot in the news over recent years. No outsiders, everything else like that. You know, what are your thoughts around that? You know, what's your argument against that in lots of ways? My argument against that and any, any piece of legislation around anything that silences the identity of anybody else is that everybody has the right to be themselves 
in school and in the workplace and we all perform so much better when we can be ourselves and what gives one person whoever they are the right to tell another person who they can and can't be you know yes we can have you know the people of different faiths have got Everybody's Everybody's entitled entitled to their own their own own views and their own opinions and their own as long as we as long as nobody's breaking the law to live the life they want to live. But nobody nobody has a right to point at somebody else and say you can't live with that person. You can't be yourself at work. It's a basic it's a basic human right to be able to be yourself. To be yourself. And I mean, how hard was it kind of going through, you know, Section 28 and going through it as a kind of teacher and also, I guess, the other end of it as well? How how was that when it because, you know, I, I don't think anyone lives in a naive world where we suddenly think, oh, the, the day comes, it's disbanded and suddenly everything's back to normal. And then we're talking about gays and throwing the, the pride flag and glitter down the hallways. I mean, I doubt that happened on that day. But I mean, how was it through that process and also then seeing it through to the end? I mean, I think it's the first thing was clearly there were lots of demonstrations during the time of Section yeah. 28. Funnily enough, I was contacted a few months ago by Panorama who wanted to do a piece, and they said we'd like to, we'd like some pictures of you on a march against Section 28. And I thought I'd have never dared go on a march as a teacher because if my photo had been in, you know, in the newspaper. Or, before the internet, before internet but, but I'd have never, I'd have never, I'd never worked, worked again. again. And, and so there was so, so also, also there were people who were activists. activists. There were people who weren't bound by Section 28 that went on marches and protested against it. So there was the guilt as well of not, you know, not feeling like you were doing your bit. So. And I, and I think and I it's think very it's telling. Very I mean, it was repealed in 2000 in Scotland, Scotland and in 2003 in, um, in England. But it, it kind of fizzled out. There's no great fanfare at the, the end of Section 28. Yeah. And actually, if you look at the um, sex and relationships education that came in in 2000, and you look at the wording of that, albeit it wasn't mandatory, it was guidance for teachers, but it does say that talking about same-sex relationships is inappropriate teaching. So, Which is crazy. That word is And that carried on. You know, that, that was only superseded by the new relationships and sex education in September 2020. So... We were still very much bound by the principles of Section 28 after Section 28 was no longer law. And that, you know, I'd never, I I didn't even know that at all, Um, which, yeah, my goodness, uh, that's just that wording alone. I don't know about you, but it's just within me. I I know we use this word quite a lot, but it does trigger something quite uh, emotive and emotional kind of hearing you know i've listened to that speech a few times over the last week um from uh, margaret thatcher at the time and just hearing it i think oh you know and i wasn't even um alive or or you know kicking during this kind of period that it kind of first happened but i just think oh my goodness like to have lived through that must have been so difficult because hearing the words now are so emotive even though we're, we're a few years on from it but like you say in technically speaking we're we're less than a few years on from it if it kind of only really changed the wording in 2020 yeah 
and uh, you know I, I I'm aware as well of um, legislation just going through the Senate in Florida at the moment. Mm. I don't know whether you're aware. It's it's called the Parental Rights in Education Bill, which has been nicknamed the Don't Say Gay Bill, and it this is about to be passed in the, in the state of Florida, which says that. Um, um, no, no teacher, teacher can, can um, support, support a young person, person who, um, you know, who thinks, thinks is, is LGBT or might be questioning their, their own identity without, without first getting express permission from the parents, um, and is very much you know, it's against the teaching of same-sex relationships in in any area of the curriculum. So, off, you know, I look. At America and see that um, often UK follows a few years behind. So the fact that this is this is where post the Trump government in uh, in the USA, this is this is this is a popular um, policy in uh, in the state of Florida at least. Then you know. We're, we're not the other not side the of this side by, of any, by any means. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, did you ever know anybody? I mean, looking at kind of what they're, they're talking about there and, and how the wording was in Section 28, did you ever know anybody that did kind of get into trouble or, or did just go, actually, sod what this law is, I'm going to talk about it anyway? And do you know how some schools had to deal with that? Because, you know, reading about it, quite interestingly, I think it almost, from what I've found at least, the the fear factor of what might happen put a lot of people off even attempting to talk about it, even though nobody seemingly actually got into, you know, prison for it or fine or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But from your experiences, did you have or know people that did kind of go, actually, I'm going to talk about it anyway, or know anybody that did face uh, any repercussions for, for talking about it during Section 28? Um. I mean, you're absolutely right. It wasn't tested judicially. And, and actually, when you look at the wording of it, um, promoting her, you, you, we couldn't promote homosexuality as, mm. hex, 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 homosexuality as a pretended family relationship, whatever that means. Um, so it, it, it was unenforceable, but, but none of us realised that at the time, far, far from it. And though I, I, never knew, I never knew anybody that lost their job. But, but I am, I aware, am aware of people, of people that were that moved on. on. So, so uh, what, what all, all, all sort of maintained schools, schools were, were under the local authority. The local authority. This, was, this was years before academies. academies. And, so and so all, all, all schools, schools belong to their, their, lo- to you know, their county, their local, in most cases, local authority. Cases, local authority. So, mm. so um, uh, gay, teachers gay teachers who were perhaps a little bit, you know, you know, maybe maybe, maybe in their presentation, their presentation gave away that they might be gay. Often were told that you know another school needed them, and mm. moved around. And and I am aware that didn't happen to me, thankfully. But I am aware that it did happen to plenty of people. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. Sharing sharing the problem, so to speak. Yeah. It's, it's it's just literally it's mind blowing. It really, really is. Um, but I guess it was almost. I don't know if you, for you is it still kind of thinking back to to those times and thinking back to kind of what's happening and what happened during the time of Section Twenty Eight. Does it really still shock you, or do you, have you come almost a little bit numb to it that you kind of go you, that happened? James, can you? Oh, sorry, repeat that. Sorry. 
Hello. 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 I can hear you now. Sorry, just cut out a little bit there. What was it you said? Sorry. Hello, you hello. broke up a little bit. Oh, hello, can you hear me now? Oh, is that any better? Yeah, hello. Hello, hello, yes, there we go. Oh, there you go, there we go. <laughs> Do you want, um, I was just saying there, kind of, you know, are you still, you know, have you, did you, have you kind of become numb to everything that happened or is it still kind of shock you just thinking about what actually happened and what you went through or you kind of just almost grown so used to it that it doesn't really mean much anymore um i, I suppose since since i've been working at university i've had the chance to actually reflect on section 28 to write about section 28 to talk to people that experienced it and and now i'm really cross i suppose when i was in it i just just took it as something that was a part of expected professionalism and I didn't really question it and I to be honest I was too busy trying to hide and and you know make sure I I didn't do what was do this that you know would would did I did live in a you know with the same sex partner but now I look back but now I look back um um, I, and particularly, I, particularly in the interviews, in the interviews I've done with um, other teachers other from the teachers from the, the era, era. Um, um, I'm furious. I'm really angry, and I and I think you know the teachers during that time we weren't out marching in the streets because we were too frightened. We were quiet people who just wanted to. Just do our job. Do our, do job. our job. Do our uh, job. You know, in uh, the same way know, as, our, way as our, our heterosexual and cis, cis um, colleagues um, did their job, um, and go home at go the end of the day and, and not worry not and not worry, feel and anxious and not feel that we were completely and utterly burnt out through managing our our home selves and our school selves. And so, and so, I suppose I think it's really important. You know where you know, people where like you were doing, like doing, doing uh, shows like this shows and like talking this about and section twenty eight. I want to talk about it now and write about it as much as I possibly can. And uh, kind of, do you think it's important that schools should talk about section twenty eight, or is it something to kind of not look back on and keep moving forward with? I mean, we celebrate LGBT History Month every mm. February, and I think it ought to be. To be mentioned, I certainly have gone into some sixth form colleges during LGBT History Month in the past and talked about my own experiences of Section 28. So I think I think it is I think it is important to tell the to tell the story, and I think it's also important, particularly senior leaders in school, recognise that there are some people still teaching who experience Section 28. And, and they, they just because, just because things, things have moved, have moved on, on doesn't, doesn't mean, mean that necessarily, necessarily they are a hundred percent okay. I, I, did some, I did some I did some, I did research, some research, research that looked at the legacy, legacy of Section Twenty Eight. Mm. I, 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 I surveyed loads of LGBT, LGBT teachers, teachers 
and I compared the responses of those people that had experienced Section 28 with those who only joined teaching after 2003 when Section 28 was repealed, so they had no experience of it. And I mean, the, the statistics were stark. People who'd experienced Section 28 in 2018, when I did the research, they were far less likely to be out of school. Mm. They, almost they almost never, never took a partner, partner to a work, work event. event. Um, um, they were, they, they they were more, more likely to be looking, looking to, move to move from school. school. They were they less were likely, likely to, 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 report to report homophobia. homophobia. And, the, and, the, and, the and the statistic that absolutely knocked me off my feet was that 64% of the teachers I surveyed who had experienced Section 28 had access help for a serious mental health issue. And that and compared that with something like 23% of, of, um, of, uh, of teachers who'd only entered the profession after, after 2003 when Section 28 was repealed. And, and how did that feel? I mean, you talked about feeling angry, kind of thinking back to it now, but gosh, when you go through those interviews and go through that process, that just must be so difficult. And you must think, actually, this is why it's important to talk about it. Yeah, it is. And, but I also think, yes, it's important to talk about it, but it's also important to do something about it. And, you know, when I joined Anglia Ruskin University, it was the first time that I'd ever taken my whole self to work. And I realised just how liberating it is and actually how you can get on and get promoted and do great things when you haven't got all this kind of... Anxiety, anxiety and noise, and noise going, on going on in the background, background. Shall, shall i come out shall i not come out, out? Mm. what they think does somebody know um and so, and so and i looked and I back, back i looked back at my time in school, in school and i didn't and know, I know any lgbt, LGBT leaders in school, in school at, all. at all so, so working, working with schools, schools um in and around, around the east of england where anglo ruskin is in 2016 we set up courageous leaders and courageous leaders these are free um Leadership, leadership development, development program, program specifically, specifically for LGBT, LGBT teachers, teachers who want to become head teachers and senior senior, senior leaders in schools. schools. So, so we've been, I think we've seen, think some, seen some 70 or 80, 80 teachers promoted wow. into leadership roles so far. And, and you know, that, that feels, feels like, like me getting, getting even in some ways. Some that feels yeah, like yeah. turning. Absolutely. The, yeah, that's, yeah, the that's the silver lining. Or the lemonade from the lemons. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, absolutely. And um, and kind of from that, I mean, you must hear stories what with people through that program about how they experience things now. And do you find that really uplifts you? Kind of seeing kind of new people coming through, coming into the profession that perhaps hadn't experienced um, Section Twenty Eight directly, and kind of seeing their views or just part of you go, oh, do you know what? I wish you could understand the struggle, or do you, you actually feel more the proud element of it? Um, I mean, I, I, what I've realised through the uh, Courageous Leaders Programme, I, I mean, I, I, I do a slot on there where I tell my story. Mm. And, um, I did realise that however recently people on the programme enter teaching, they also had a story. I think we've, you know, those of us that, that grow up gay have all got a narrative. Yeah. And, Yes, there yes, were people that had similar, similar experiences, experiences to, me, to me, but there were also, there were also people, people who had had, had 
zero, zero homophobia, homophobia are, are <laughs> completely able to be themselves in school, that run their schools, school pride, pride clubs. Um, so what, so what, but I did realise that everybody has a story. So, mm. so in 2020, 2020 I, decided I decided to get all these get stories, all these stories together. together. So there was so about... There was about 12, 12 contributors from the Courageous Leaders, Leaders Programme program who, who shared their story. Their story. They, they, they published, published their, story. their story. I pulled I them all together, together in a book. In a book. It's, it's called Courage, Courage in the Classroom, LGBT, LGBT Teachers, teachers tell, tell Their Stories. Their stories. Mm. And, and after, after each chapter, chapter we've, we've got, got some, ad, ad, some advice, advice to schools, to, school, to school, school leaders on how they can be LGBT inclusive. So, so what we've done is taken we've taken is the taken, negative taken stories negative to say what can we learn, can but we also learn. taken yeah. the, the, the positive the stories and the good and practice and, practice and said, said, what can we learn? What can we replicate? What can others do here? Absolutely. And I mean, that must have been so, you must feel a sense of such pride and power. Like you say, it's you coming back and the power you must feel. I mean, that you, I mean, you're doing an incredible, incredible job. It, it, it feels satisfying. It, it does. It, it really does feel satisfying. It feels as though, um, you know, that, that I'm I'm doing playing some small part with a lot of others. This is very much a team effort with a lot of a lot of others to to ensure that young people who are questioning their sexuality or gender identity have got role models in school, teachers who who are new to the profession. Can look can to look their senior, to their leadership, senior team leadership team and see somebody, somebody who is, 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 is LGBTQ, LGBTQ and think, oh, I could be a head teacher one day. You know, it's really it's important. No, absolutely. And um, I've just literally just brought my copy now. So I'll be reading that later this week. It's just on its way. It <laughs> well done. After. Uh, thank you very much for that. Um, so last kind of question for you to, to kind of think about, because I mean, it's absolutely inspiring listening to you. Um, let's think about if there has been uh, a bit of a reshuffle in the cabinet. Um, and you get offered the job of, of education secretary as it's kind of going around. Why not? Um, what would you kind of want to make the government do? Now, you, this can be focused on inclusion diversity or it can be completely different and whatever you think you'd want to do in that role uh, going forward. And I'm sure you've got hundreds of things you would want to do well, or say. <laughs> The first thing I would do is write my letter to Graham Brady to call the yeah. Prime Minister to be sacked. That's a given. Yeah. I, think I think what our Prime Minister is doing is is damaging mm. to our democracy. And, and um, I can't quite believe that we've got a Prime Minister who described men, uh, gay men, as tank top wearing bum boys. Mm. Um, that in and of itself is is in, you know unacceptable. No, absolutely. I would, I'd make, I'd make university, university free, free for, for any young person that wants, wants to go. To go. Um, um, I would, I would end, end the private the school system. system. I'd give every, every child, child access, access to small class, class sizes. sizes. And, and I think, and I, think I, would I would revise teacher, teacher salaries, salaries so, so they were more in line. line. You know, their, their, their jobs are as important as consultants and surgeons, and I would make their... Their salaries commensurate with, with you know, really top top, 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 top professions in this country, and I would, and I would reward and keep top quality, quality, quality people in our classrooms because I think that's the most job we can do. I'll vote for you. 
I'll vote for you. <laughs> Thanks, James. Uh, no worries. My book. Uh, what else? <laughs> absolutely. I know today's going well. Uh, well, thank you so much uh, for your time today. Uh, absolutely fascinating uh, listening to you. Um, where can people kind of reach out to you or kind of find out more on Twitter and things? Sure. So um, I'm on Twitter as Dr. Catherine Lee. Um, and, and I, I we are, we are courageous, courageous leaders, leaders is on Twitter, Twitter as, as LGBT, LGBT educators, educators. And, we've and we've also got, also got a website, website which is uh... amazing. Um, thank you so so much, um, Catherine, and thank you for your time. And uh, what's the plans for your rest of the day? Great stuff. Thanks, James. No worries. Thank you. Bye. 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 Amazing. That was Catherine Lee, or Professor Catherine Lee, with us today on the Teachers Talk Radio. Now, don't forget, you can listen back to all of our shows by going on to ttradio.org or looking us up on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Don't forget, there are lots of other amazing shows happening today. Do have a look on Twitter to find out more at TV Radio 2022. Or go on to ttradio.org. And if you want to join in the conversation with myself, go to at Jam Clark, J A M C L E R 96. Dr. Catherine Lee, Professor Catherine Lee, was absolutely amazing there. Just in case um, there was a little bit of a glitch at the end, possibly from, from my end on that. Uh, so just to confirm uh, and sort of let you know where you can reach out in case you missed any of that, um, you can reach Catherine Lee directly by going to at Dr. Catherine Lee. That's D-R-C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-L-E-E. Uh, you can find out more about Courageous Leaders by going on to at LGBT educators um, and also the website that they've got there is courageousleaders.org.uk and there's lots of uh, amazing things on there so do have a look and you can find out more about the program uh, where you can get involved in the program and some testimonies as well about uh, what people have found from it um, but as I say do listen back to that because that was absolutely amazing and, and so uh, thought-provoking I think is, is probably the best word that I can think of uh, in this current moment um, but so thought-provoking and so incredible when you listen and you kind of get a moment to to reflect back and see what life was like for, for somebody going and living through Section 28 and somebody that's now had the amazing opportunity to interview and get to know a lot more teachers who experienced uh, Section 28. And I completely agree with, with the wording there that, you know, you get angry, like listening to that, I'm angry, you know, not not in a sense because I'm angry at Catherine, not at all, but kind of angry in the sense that you go, oh my goodness, um, things need to change, you know, 
and things have changed, but maybe they haven't changed enough. And the impact that that's had on, on so many people still um, going into their education. And I, I posted a tweet while we were chatting, you know, and Kavra said, it was terrifying. Every time I was out with my girlfriend, I worried I was going to see a student and they would report me. I Just that emotion alone and having to go through that and experience that, um, I can't even imagine. So thank you so much uh, to Catherine for, for sharing her story. Uh, don't forget, as I say, you can listen to more shows happening across East Talk Radio uh, this week. We're happening all at normal times, even though it's half term for some. Uh, they're all happening at their usual time. So you've got the morning show, the late show, the evening show, the late, late show, all of the above. So do make sure you tune into those. And the best way to find out more is on Twitter, of which there are now over 11,000 of you following us on Twitter. So thank you so much for that happening. The page has been live just over a year and 11,000 of you are involved in the conversation. You can also get involved on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, all of the social medias. Um, you can also catch up on shows. As you can see, lots happening there. So kind of going through what's coming up, coming up today. You can see loads of different posts. So do make sure you do that. We've also got shows happening throughout the week as well. For now, though, this has been the breakfast show on your Wednesday morning with me, James Clark. I will be back next week um, with more topics for us to discuss and talk about. So don't forget to tune in and talk it out. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful rest of your day, however you might be spending it. And I'm just looking out the window now. And I think I've got a bit of sun today, so it's better than what I had yesterday. All the best. Bye. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.